My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It is Brittany here today, and I am so looking forward to introducing you to my guest, Giselle Terabah. She's a coach, mentor, author, and owner of My Tree Center for Love and Compassion. She's also the host of Love and Compassion podcast with Giselle. You guys, we're going to have a really good conversation today because Giselle is going to be covering things that, you know, we don't really talk about often. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's a very unique approach and I cannot wait to share it with you guys. Welcome to the show, Giselle. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day. It's so exciting to have you here. Thank you so, so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, Giselle, let's talk about what it was like when you were leaving your high-end corporate job and what brought you to where you are today, because I think that'll be relatable to those listening who either have done the same thing or possibly are looking for the courage to do something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, So by the time I decided to leave my job, I was facing burnout. So I had been in the workplace for over 20 years, had been in leadership, had been and paying like high pay, great benefits. Uh, But I was burning out and I was seeing the people around me burning out because I don't feel that the way we work is really aligned with who we really are. And so I had, before I even decided to leave, I had tried to incorporate greater compassion into the workplaces that I was working at because there was a lot of um, uh, toxic workplaces, racism, discrimination, bullying, and, and harassment. And so I had tried to incorporate some of the stuff that I was learning that was helping in my own personal life by having more self-love and self-compassion into my workplace. But I was not finding that there was a lot of receptivity And so I knew that for me, this was the path. And so I took the leap of leaving my high paying, very stressful job in order to establish my own business. And I was hearing how needed it was in the world for us to have compassion, to have a way for us to be able to have difficult conversations and lean into one another without us just ejecting or canceling. Um, And so I thought, great, this is going to be something that's going to take off. It's going to be amazing. And so the first two years, nothing happened, absolutely nothing. And it was so challenging for me to go from having that security of a paycheck that I knew was coming, that I knew was able to support my lifestyle to having no income. And so that actually kind of led to the process of me writing my book, which is called, you know, reimagining how we work. Because it's, I I started to realize that I had a choice. I could either return to the workplace and go back to where I was, or I could hold on to my vision and navigate the difficult waters of being an entrepreneur. And when I thought about doing what was the safe option, which was going back to work, I just couldn't. And I said to myself, like, you know, I've been working since I was 13 years old. I started with daycare. I always had money. I always made sure that I had money because both my parents, that was the thing that they taught me. There were new immigrants. So they said, you must always have an education. You must always have money. And so, but going back to the workplace just did not feel natural. It didn't feel natural for me to be in the grind, working nine to five, to 
toxic workplaces to feel trapped by my work and leave my personal life and my 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 own experiences for the weekend. Um, and I also saw a lot of people who were like waiting to live later. So they were waiting to go on vacation so that they could feel good, but the other weeks of the year they were miserable or waiting to retire to live. And I said to myself, this is not how I want to live. And so I started to re to understand why it is that we work the way that we do, which is reflected in a lack of compassion and love for ourselves in being able to live our dreams. We don't believe we can live our dreams. And it takes courage for us to do that because it takes courage to hold on to a vision and manifest something. I don't know if you guys talk about manifestation, but lots of people are interested in manifestation right now. You should see all the number of young people on TikTok that talk about manifestation. But one of the things they don't talk about that nobody talks about in terms of manifestation is when you don't see your vision manifested right away, or it takes a while for it to manifest, how do you deal with those difficult emotions that come up with the fear, the desire to go back to where you were because it's safe? And it really is about holding ourselves with compassion and love during those difficult moments so that we can keep holding onto that vision it, so we can align it to fruition. Beautiful. Now, Tell us a little bit of exactly like the steps you took in order to get to that place on your own. And now, of course, what you're teaching others to do. So what, yeah. what was it like for yourself as you did that? Yeah, for sure. Thank you for asking that question. So one of the main, main things that really I had to understand in my journey was that these workplaces that I was in were actually a reflection of where I was emotionally and in my mindset. And so what I needed to do was change myself. I had to face all of those fears and all those difficult emotions that I had within myself, the fear of, uh, you know, like taking big risks, the, the, the needing security, but more importantly, I had to face my own beliefs about my lack of worth to have all my dreams come true. I had all these other surface beliefs that I thought were the, the driving force for me not fully stepping up into my own power. A lot of them had to do with, you know, well, they're, you know, I don't know how to market or there isn't this or that, or there was all these reasons why I thought that I wasn't getting where I was getting to. Well, when I actually began to understand that in order for me to embody the identity of the wealthy person, the successful person, all of those things that I wanted, I needed to address the difficult emotions of my worries around failing. And I needed to be okay with my failing, not meaning that I was worthless, that I wasn't still able to fulfill my vision of my dream and that it didn't mean that I wasn't going to get there. And so the more I managed those difficult emotions, the more that I opened up to different potentials, which enabled me to attract different possibilities that I didn't see before. So in the beginning of my journey, I thought it's either go back to work or do this. Whereas the more that I was managing a lot of my feelings of worth and a lot about my fears around what I had been taught about money, that money is scarce, that people who have a lot of money are bad, all of those limiting beliefs I had to sort of address and manage. And once I was able to clear those out and clear them out with kindness and love for myself, not by beating myself up and saying, I can't believe I'm here, or I can't believe I haven't done anything, 
doing it with love and compassion enabled me to clear them out much quicker so that I could see opportunities that were not there before. Like, for example, one of the things that I didn't know that people did was affiliate marketing. So when I started to work on my podcast, you know, I started to connect to places like different companies that started to to come to come together. I didn't know this existed and I wouldn't have seen it had I not opened up my perspective. But opening up my perspective really needed me to clear out some of those old beliefs and those old fears. It's really about the feelings. It's clearing out those old feelings and emotions that really helped me get to the next stage in my in my success. Thank you for sharing that, Giselle. Now, tell us why you think that we, you do not believe that, you know, we are meant to work this hard, you know, the nine to five grind, Monday to Friday, you know, never really getting ahead. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great question. I love that you asked this question. Thank you. It's so interesting. So growing up, I kind of had these two ways of being. The first one was I had bought into my parents' belief that you had to grind it out. You 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 have to get a highest education. You got to work nine to five. You got to work harder than everyone. You got to give 110%. Not that you shouldn't, but I was always constantly working and constantly burning out. Like I didn't even work weekends because I was constantly on my phone to make sure that people weren't, you know, because I was in management, right? And so if people needed me, I needed to troubleshoot. But there was also another way that I lived, which was when that approach of grinding it out didn't work, when me constantly revving up my wheels didn't work and I didn't get to where I wanted to get, I would use a different approach. I would use the approach of alignment. At the time, what I would do is actually set my intention to the universe and go, God, universe, source, this is what I want and desire. And I would actually let it go because I had no choice. I mean, everything that I had done, I had rev my wheels, done everything that I needed to do. And things came to me in an extraordinary way. Money from unexpected places. I wrote a list of my the partner I wanted and I met the person. I wanted a specific type of dog that I couldn't find and I, I got it. And so I kind of had this approach where I set my intention, fully believed was going to come to it and let it go actually forgot thinking about it and moved on and it would come in magical and unexpected ways but I didn't use that approach for my work I used it in my personal life for many ways but I, I was so I was kind of living these two lives and I had to understand why is it that for some things I can allow things to come to me in without very little effort and so one of the questions I ask in the book is I don't know if we're meant to work this hard or maybe work this way but I didn't use it in my career. I didn't use it. I still went out and did my job nine to five, grinding it out. And so what I came to understand was that I didn't use this approach fully on the things that I really, that really mattered to me because I was afraid that they weren't going to work. So I needed to control those things. But once I dug a little bit deeper, there was feelings of worthiness that were not that, that were kind of blocking me, feeling like I couldn't live all my dreams that I didn't deserve to because there were so many other people that were suffering, feeling like maybe I don't deserve to have these things and, and feeling just like a lack of self-love. And so when I started addressing those emotions, whether they made sense or not, things started to happen. Those other areas became a source of, they were no longer a block anymore. So I'll give you a better example. So when you are 
you know, in feeling poor, you know, you, you maybe don't have as much money for you to say to someone, well, you need to embody the identity of someone wealthy can be really challenging. If bills come to come, if, if bills start to come and you don't know where the money is going to come from. Right. And so the first thing you're going to react is in fear and you're going to try to control. Right. And so what happens then is you're reverting to the old identity. If you had really embodied the identity of a wealthy person, you would know, oh, this is old energy. Even if I pay $10, I'm going to play with gratitude because I know my wealth is here. My wealth is coming, right? right? But that's not what happens. We react. We go back to and revert to the same way that we used to react. So for me, when I started addressing my feelings of worthiness, when I started treating myself like my very best friend, instead of scaring myself with my negative and catastrophic thoughts that it was going to end everything things started to change when the bills came. I was like, Oh, okay, this is just old energy. I'm going to pay this much. And I'm going to pay with gratitude and joy, knowing that this is no longer who I am. This is, this is not the person who I am anymore. And so as you start to see that shift, you start to understand that the things in our lives that really negatively impact us, we give power to, we give power to other people to impact us. So if you and I are having a conflict, I gave you power to negatively affect me in, in me reacting. So we give those bills the power. We give all of those feelings the power. And so this journey is about taking your power back. It's about, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop reacting to what is outside of me. And I'm going to take my power back and I'm going to choose who I'm going to be and how I'm going to react to the things that happen in my life. And when that happens, your life does shift. It does begin to change. It's, it's strange and it takes courage because there were times, honestly, Brittany, where I didn't, I wasn't making any money. And honestly, I would just cry. I would just be like, what am I doing? I'm putting myself at risk. I could go just get a job tomorrow. But I knew that it wasn't in my heart what I wanted to do. And it was tough. Like I couldn't really even pull myself to go and apply because once I was already in that path, I knew this was the path I was meant to take. But it can feel very scary. So sitting with those difficult emotions and giving them love and compassion, giving yourself that love and compassion. And it's small, even as small as breathing in compassion for yourself, just I'm breathing in compassion for myself and I'm breathing out stress. Even that can just over time can have a real impact on you. Thank you for sharing. Now, Giselle, tell us a little bit about, you know, because we all experience things in life where whether it's with work, relationships, family, you name it. And we want to control the outcome. And it's, you know, very painful to do that sometimes. From yeah. personal experience, I'm sure you feel the same about stuff. Anyways, yeah. that, that control is painful when you don't have it. Now, when you have it, expectations and those are not met, there comes a sense of pain, right? So yeah. how do you release that? Or how would you coach someone, mentor someone in releasing that control, whether it's with your job or relationship, family, send it to the universe. This is the outcome I want and just wait for the unexpected positive things to come out of it or come yeah. from it. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, such a great question, Brittany. Such a, such a great question. Um, so here's the fundamental thing that I have learned when we cannot regulate ourselves and find an inner calm and strength, we need everything outside of us to be perfect and controlled. 
the more exterior control we need, the less inner emotional calm and peace we have. When you have an inner peace and when you have found that inner strength, it doesn't matter what's happening on the outside. You realize that it's just a mirror of you and that you have the power to change it, that it has no control over you. So really people that are very controlling need the environment to be a specific way because otherwise they can't regulate. So the answer to that is really learning to regulate yourself, learning to hold space for your difficult emotions through love and compassion. But some people don't like to use that word. Whatever way you find your, yourself to find your inner calm, everything else outside can be managed. Once you have that inner calm, once you find that inner strength, so this is this work is about bringing your power back to yourself. Right. Everything else that happens on the outside, you know, you can manage. The, the thing about fear and control is that it narrows our vision. So when we are in fear, we constrict. All the blood goes to all the areas where we need to start go to action, and our vision shortens. So you don't see all of the amazing possibilities and solutions because you're only focused on the problem or in the thing you fear. And you think that controlling it is going to impact it. But here's the problem. Giselle Taraba as a 3D person only has a limited perspective, right? Whereas my higher self universal has a higher, more open perspective, can see all of the potentials that I may not be able to see. If I'm trying to solve this from all of my problems from just this narrow perspective, I'm missing all of the potentials that are all around me. And so what regulating yourself helps you do is see solutions where you might not have seen them is, okay. is being able to tap into all of that unending infinite abundance that exists for each of us at every moment. But the challenge becomes is how do we hold space for ourselves enough through those difficult emotions, which we're not taught to do. We're taught to suppress, suppress your emotion or avoid, right? As children, we may have been taught not to cry, not to feel emotions, not to demonstrate all of that stuff, because we thought that that was the right thing to do. But what we did for ourselves is not allow those emotions to come through. Emotions are messengers. They're telling us what we're thinking or, or feeling in any moment. And so they're telling you, hey, by the way, I'm here. Here's sadness. Here's fear. Here's frustration. What you're thinking or doing may not be in alignment with who you really are. I'm just showing you so that you can go, oh, okay, this is the message I'm receiving. This is how I'm choosing to shift. But we don't, we constrict and then we try to control so that we don't have to feel. But that's really not the way that we gain, that we stand in our greatest mastery. Thank I don't you. Know if that was helpful. Yeah. It was, it was. So, what would you say the number one regulation you had to do for yourself to get that power back whenever you felt, you know, fear coming in or losing your control yeah. or unhappiness that was, you know, then starting to define your work and everything like that, because you were allowing it in how, what was your best method for re regulating those, these emotions out of our control and, and yeah. staying within yourself and seeing yeah, yeah. the positive. Yeah. Um, so for me in particular, um, I had to get okay with sitting with those difficult feelings because we are so often trying to suppress that sitting with those difficult feelings and not a, not meaning that they're going to be catastrophic, right? So, so you do have to titrate. So you do have to 
start exploring some of those difficult feelings. Let's take a really difficult feeling, which is shame, for example. I've experienced shame in my life. And if you've heard Brene Brown, she talks about that shame. We feel it intrinsically, like we are a shameful person. Whereas guilt, we're like, oh, that's a behavior we feel bad about, right? And so to sit with something like shame, for example, you have to be willing to feel those difficult emotions and breathe through them and soothe yourself through them with finding your compassionate and loving voice. A lot of our inner voices are very critical. They tell us so many negative things. They're going to tell us we're going to die. They're going to tell us we're going to fail. They're going to tell us that this is catastrophic, that people hate us, that this is not. So all of those negative voices, which are sort of like a risk advisor. If you had a team, like let's say from corporate America, everyone has a risk advisor, right? And so you have you have the leader and then you have all these people and then you have a risk advisor who always tells you the risk, right? In our lives, it appears like the risk advisor has become the CEO. Everything's risk, mm-hmm. right? Everything is, is, is terrible. Everything's going to kill us. Everybody's bad, like all of these things. And so this risk advisor has become the CEO and tells us that all these things that are scary. And so it's about looking at ourselves and being able to say, no, it's okay. It has been okay all of these times. It's going to be okay this time. So it's about finding that compassion, compassionate and loving voice that reminds us that we are way more powerful than give, we give ourselves credit and that we have been able to overcome so many different things. We, and we continue to do that. And so one of the ways that I like to do is I like to go back to the breath because the best thing that we can do is to, to go back to breathing. So you can put your hand on your heart, whatever you are in a challenging moment. And what I like to do is like, if I'm having a challenging time, let's say you and I are having a conflict, Brittany, the first thing I, I like to do is just take the moment to just breathe in and out and just go. And then if I'm really feeling challenged, I will ask myself, what am I feeling? So, you know, Brittany said something and it really is triggering me. And then I'll ask myself, what do I need in this moment? What do I need in this moment? Oh, I need reassurance that I'm valuable because Brittany said something that triggered me, my not feeling valued. Okay, I'm valuable. I, I, you know, I've done all of these things and I'm valuable just because I exist. Right. And so once I give myself that soothing, I can then relax enough to be open and get curious as to why you would say something that might be hurtful to me. Interesting. That's just one example. Did you want to take two minutes to show us exactly, you know, how to do the exact breath work, like actually do yeah, it together? Yeah, we can actually just, let's just do it together. Let's all do it together. This way, my listeners, I love getting my uh, guests to go ahead and teach us something if you're comfortable with it. So I want you to uh, close your eyes and I want you to breathe in and out three times. Deep breath. And when you're ready, I want you to put your hand on your heart or another place that you find soothing. It could be your arm or your leg. Now, I want you to think about a a situation that maybe feel challenging for you, but 
think about something that you would consider a two or a three, not like a 10. <laughs> so think about that situation and allow the emotions to come up for you. Who was there? What happened? Now, I want you to say to yourself, this is challenging. This hurts. This is tough. You can say that to yourself mentally. Now ask yourself, what do I need in this moment? Do I need reassurance? Do I need validation? Do I need to feel safe? Do I need to feel loved? Once you identify what you need, I want you to give it to yourself in the form of an affirmation. So you can say, may I feel safe? May I feel safe? May I feel happy? May I feel happy? May I feel at ease? May I feel at ease? May I feel joyful? May I feel joyful? You can also switch the affirmations. You can say, I am. That's also very powerful because some people don't like to ask for permission, may I? And so they'll say, I am peaceful. I am joyful. I am healthy. I am abundant. And so it is really important to, st to start giving to yourself what you're looking for externally, because you might not always get it from other people. If you're looking for validation from your partner, as soon as they don't give it to you, you will feel not worthy. But if you start to be there for yourself, to be present for yourself, to give yourself that which you're looking for externally, to remind yourself that you are safe and that you are peaceful, that actually over time, if you show up consistently for yourself, it has a cumulative effect. And on the nth day, you will actually feel safe. You will actually feel peace. And that is the greatest source of power because we are no longer requiring other people to give us things. We no longer require them to behave in a specific way. And so it is really about tapping into the power that already exists within you. And so this has helped me and my journey in trying to feel worthy and lovable and abundant and, and joyful and get the most out of this life. Whether you believe this life is the end or not, we all deserve to live it with as much joy as possible in every moment. Do we not? We do. Yeah. So Just that's one little practice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that exercise with us. That was so helpful. And I, I just love putting everyone in the moment. Now, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. I mean, the Love and Compassion Podcast with Giselle. What were your intentions behind it? Where is it at today? Yeah. Well, thank you for asking that. Um, so I didn't know anything about podcasting. I didn't even know anything about podcasts, but it just so happened that I was chatting with someone Um about bringing compassion into workplace. So I was trying to bring it into the child protection system. And the person mm -hmm. I was talking to was nice enough to chat with me about bringing it into the prison system. 
So she had actually, yeah, so she had brought, and one of the things we were talking about was that she was mentioning that the self-compassion piece was really important for the, for the, the prisoners because they were starting to understand the impact and they were starting to understand how they got there. And so after we were done talking, I mean, she had spent an hour and a half with me for some reason, I got like this urge to ask her whether she had a book and I didn't know where this urge came from. And so, you know, she told me about her book, it's called the Jaguar man. And then we ended the call and I thought, thought to myself, I'm just going to get this book as a thank you. She spent a lot of time with me, gave me some helpful hints as to how to start that process within my workplace. And um, when I got this book, it was an extraordinary story of how love and compassion, how leaning into someone who is hurtful saved her life. Because um, she was actually, she went on vacation to Belize, a place she had been many times, but she was actually kidnapped at gunpoint and, and raped and almost murdered. And what actually led her to not be killed was leaning into the person. Now, this is obviously a very tough thing to do is leaning into that, that person's experience and getting this person to see her as a human being. And that actually led her to be, to be let go. Like he, he set her free. He drove her back, but he was going to kill her. And so I thought to myself, wow, there's all like, what an amazing story. Somebody has to share this story. And so that's how the podcast arose. It's about how do we lean into each other and have difficult conversations and see each other's humanity, obviously first by holding space and loving ourselves. And once we're able to regulate our emotions, we can lean into other people. And the people that I've had on my podcast have been people, a man, his name is Tony, Tony McAllier, who was a formerly a white supremacist, who was key in, in setting up a lot of the communication systems. But the compassion from a Jewish therapist and the love of his children led him to leave white supremacy and understand how he even got there. And what he said to me was so powerful, which was when other people saw his humanity, it reminded him of that humanity in himself. And so he started to deal with all of those, those shameful guilt feelings that he had. And he understood how he could have hurt someone because he was so, he was so removed from his, from himself. And so my podcast is about that. It's about um, how compassion has the power to change our lives and our world and how we can lean into each other and have difficult conversations. Also how compassion and self-love can help us heal. There is um, a, a podcast on this movie called Love Heals, which is about uh, someone that goes through the journey of loving themselves and how that helps them deal with their chronic back issues. Um, and so it's about how, as we tap into our own self-love and self-compassion, we can transform ourselves and our world around us can transform. But it's about leaning in and it takes, it takes, it takes work and it takes courage, but it's worth the, it's worth the effort. Absolutely. This is amazing. Well, thank you so much, Giselle, for sharing. Now, I know that our episodes are quite short, but I want to give you the next two minutes to go ahead and talk about anything in regards to your mentoring, coaching, what you have to offer, and the best way that anyone listening can go ahead and connect with you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brittany. I appreciate it. Uh, so people can find us at uh, www.maitri c-e-n-t-r-e.com so that's mytreecenter.com and right now I am promoting my book it's called uh, reimagine work and it's available at uh, 
in Amazon and on, you know, everything major like Barnes and Noble and so on. Um, and it is about the journey to reimagining our workplaces by reimagining ourselves. I don't feel like we do that. We're supposed to grind it out. Just as a tidbit, I know that we're coming to the end. A lot of the younger generation, the reason why there's such a disconnect is because they understand that they want to align to workplaces. They want to get paid to play and they want to make lots of abundance. And they are through like podcasts and YouTube and TikTok and all of these things. So they're living their dream. And there's this older generation who believe in the grind that can't find people to work because of this disconnect. So it's how do we come together to marry those two worlds and how do we actually create our dream life, which we all deserve. Absolutely. We all deserve it. And I believe we all want it really at the end of the day. So Giselle, thank you so much for coming on today. You know, really walking us through an actual exercise, you know, and putting us in the moment and sharing what you do, because it's like no other. And we really need that in this world. So I truly appreciate, appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brittany, for having me. It was a real, real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on the show, just like Giselle did today, to talk about your business podcast, what you have going on, talk about challenges and some of the wins, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Giselle. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.